Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. So two atoms bump into each other, and one says, I think I lost an electron. The other asks, are you sure? To which the first replies, I'm positive. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. And from the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from one of our listeners, LA's own Heather K. Dennis. Thank you very much. Coming up, the Strokes Julian Casablancas, Waffle Drought, Detroit's Biggest Breakdown, and the Who You Callin' Turkey Patty. All that for the price of free. But first, time for small talk. So, Rico, looking at this week's headlines, it was hard not to notice that both Barack Obama and Sarah Palin have a lot in common. That's true. And uh, beside the fact that they both defeated John McCain in the presidential election. <laughs> That's right. True. true. They uh, they both visited superpowers this week. Obama went to China That's and right. Palin went to Oprah <laughs> and flogged her new book, Going Rogue. Oprah Winfrey, who uh, announced that she is leaving her sh- this week, she announced that she's leaving her show in the year 2011. That's true. And she's going to be even more successful which makes me wish that she was the one visiting China and maybe she could figure out our trade imbalance (laughs) single-handedly, one check. As usual, folks, we uh, had a lesser job. We paid a visit to our colleagues at Marketplace and asked them to tell us stories that weren't in the headlines. Tess Bigland, host of Marketplace Money, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? The Million Dollar Cow. Explain. Missy, a Canadian cow, was bought for $1.2 million. Why so much? She apparently got a flawless rating under the bovine genetic index. She is genetically perfect. She is genetically perfect, although they don't say what makes her so perfect. This this actually worries me because the last time something was declared genetically perfect, it it didn't go too well for the world. (laughs) What was that? Remind me. I'm just worried that the cow is going to start asking for some Lebensraum and like invade Poland. Stacey Vanek-Smith, senior reporter at Marketplace, what's your story this week? An ego waffle shortage. No. Yes. Uh, they had some flooding at their Atlanta facility, and their Tennessee bakery is having some equipment issues, and there's going to be an ego waffle shortage through the middle of next year. There was a flood? There was a flood. <laughs> That's one situation where you do not want to let go your ego. <laughs> yes. It's true. You could drown. Benadere, editorial director, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? Marijuana busts. And what exactly is new about marijuana busts? In the San Fernando Valley this week, cops busted up a huge warehouse full of pot 25 feet from the station's back door. (laughs) The cops apparently smelled pot coming from the building, and then a week later they busted them. They were smelling pot from behind the station and it took them a week? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did they have a contact high? Yeah, you know, la- launch the investigation and then just chill out, bro. And now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is a football goalpost through which we kick a cocktail shaker full of booze. And I catch it and run it to the end zone and do a touchdown dance. That's a kickoff. NPR nerd. You know, you already... <laughs> let's start with, let's do some history. The history. This week back in 1960, the last Edsel automobile rolled off Ford's assembly line. Now, the folks at your dinner party may know the car was a failure, but they probably won't know how big or why. Michelle Philippi is back from vacation to tell the tale. In the annals of advertising, one name is synonymous with overhype. 
Edsel, the car that's truly new from nameplate to taillights. It was the 1950s and Ford Motors decided it wanted something different. A car line that was just a step up in price and coolness from its cheapest jalopies. It was a good idea, which Ford followed with a bunch of bad ideas. First, the company designed the new car to be large, even though people were starting to demand small cars. Then Ford decided to produce hundreds of thousands of the things, just as a recession hit and people were starting to buy less. And then there was the name, Edsel, after Henry Ford's only child. Because you know, nothing says cool new car like Edsel. But Ford got one thing right, marketing. Before the car's release, they plastered TV and magazines with ads promising a vehicle unlike anything anyone had ever seen. In photos, it was always out of focus or hidden under sheets. The day the Edsel went on sale, customers flocked to dealerships to get their minds blown. Not quite. Except for an O-shaped front grille, the Edsel didn't seem much different than other cars. Critics said it looked like, quote, an Oldsmobile sucking on a lemon. Sales got so bad, dealers started offering an incentive. Buy an Edsel, get entered into a raffle to win a pony. It didn't help. In November 1960, after just three years of production, Ford gave up on Edsel's. Adjusted for inflation, the company lost two billion bucks. The good news? So few were made, now they're collector's items. A mint example of the car nobody wanted to buy can go for 200 grand. So that was the history lesson. Now it's time for the booze. I'm on the line with Jason Charbonneau. He's a bartender at the Centaur Bar in Detroit, Motor City, where the Edsel was invented. And Jason, what cocktail does uh, the history inspire you to make? I tried to combine a bunch of ideas. Back then, you know, there was the old-fashioned mm-hmm. that were being consumed. That was just kind of that time period. Also, in 1960, when the Edsel uh, was taken off the market, we had elected our very first Irish president. Oh, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy. Okay. According to the story, the uh, Edsel was supposed to look like a Buick that had been sucking on a lemon. Uh-huh. So when I approached this drink, I approached it like an old-fashioned. Okay. Instead of muddling an orange and a cherry, I muddled a lemon. Clever. Okay. With just a little tiny dash of simple syrup. Uh huh. A little dash of bitters, and I took an ounce and a quarter of Irish whiskey. And this is kind of an homage to uh, JFK. Right. Now it's also got the uh, working man's shot and beer idea in it because once you make the drink, you top it with like an ounce of a working man's beer. <laughs> what kind of beer are you putting on there? I put Miller Lite on it because that was the <laughs> most awful beer that we had. I have to tell you that this sounds like it's going to sell about as well as the Edsel. It's very refreshing. It is? And it does totally work. So Rico, I can't get my head around the idea of putting beer in a cocktail. It makes no sense Which to me. I don't understand because there's a long history of beer and cocktails. It's actually a pretty accepted mode seems, of drinking. It just seems so counterintuitive. It's like Fred Astaire with a mullet. <laughs> you know what? It's just like... I would pay to see that. Now what would be cool would be Ginger Rogers with a mullet. And then we would, she would look kind of like Ziggy Stardust, actually. <laughs> I think we've wandered far afield you somehow. Think? Ladies and gentlemen, you can contact us here at Ground Control. Our email is dinnerparty at americanpublicmedia.org.
Our guest of honor this week is Julian Casablancas. He started the century as the lead singer and main songwriter for The Strokes. Their first album was just named the best record of the decade by the readers of Enemy magazine. He has his first solo album out. It's called Phrases for the Young, and he's touring with it now. Julian, welcome. Thank you for having me. The new album is full of Strokes-esque hooks, if I may say so, but it definitely doesn't sound like a Strokes record. It's much more complex. There's a lot of electronic instruments. How much of that is intentional? I mean, where you're like, I'm going to show people that I'm my own man kind of thing. Uh, uh, well, the, there's, I guess, two parts to that. First is I knew that I wanted like polyrhythmic stuff. Like I wanted two different drum beats to kind of mix in one with every song. So I had like over 200 drum beats that I just kind of compiled. So that's one part of that sound you're probably hearing. And then another one was that even with the strokes, everything I've written was on guitar and on uh, keyboard from day one. So basically everything I would write just got funneled through two guitars, bass and drums. With this though, every time I, if I wrote something on a keyboard, it just kind of stayed on a keyboard, and that was that. What made you want to go with the polyrhythms from the start? Was something influencing you to do that? Well, just, you know, I feel like in a lot of rock, sometimes the drums bum me out, you know, just because it's kind of straight and boring. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because, ironically, I think that's kind of what the Strokes were celebrated for. It was like, ah, electronic boy bandism is over. We're back to straight up rock and roll. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, and I was for that and agree with that, but I just like changing things up, you know. song would be the hit of the summer if it wasn't winter time already. <laughs> uh, we have two questions that we ask everybody on the show, and the first one is, what question should we not ask you if we meet you at a dinner party? What question are you sick of answering? When's the new Strokes record coming out? <laughs> because you want people to focus on your record. Well, the only thing that annoys me personally about the Strokes questions is that I did almost everything in the Strokes in the early days, you know, guitar solos to, to instrumental parts. Now it's a different story, you know, we're trying to be like a team and I think that's going to be the way we're going to thrive the most in the future. So it's like finally a new, whether a new Strokes album happens or not is not solely up to you, but people still act like it is? I don't know. I mean, it, you know, everyone had a big influence. I'm not trying to take away from other people, you know, I'm just, the Strokes are going to do something soon you know I t I've told them I'm ready whenever they are I'm it's not waiting on me that's for sure fair enough uh, and that brings us to our second question tell us something we don't know something that uh, you know the folks at our dinner party are not gonna know okay that's a tough question <laughs> um, I like the new 90210 <laughs> oh someone told me the other day I think Charlie Chaplin I think he won third place in a Charlie Chaplin look-alike contest once what? I don't know. Someone told me that the other day. Do they have a film degree? Because I'm going to have to fact check this. You should. And Brendan, check Snopes. 
It is true. Charlie Chaplin did once lose a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest in uh, San Francisco. <laughs> That's amazing. Which San Francisco, which is one of the locations, along with Brooklyn, of the ongoing Julian Casablancas lookalike <laughs> contest, <laughs> which as far as I can tell has been happening for 10 years now. No winners at all in that situation. But everyone's a winner on our Facebook page. Ladies and gentlemen, search for us there. So we've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we talk about food. So Rico, we're a week out from Thanksgiving. Yum. And this is the month for food magazines. This is when everybody buys them. Um, The Thanksgiving issue in the food magazine industry is like the swimsuit issue combined with the college ranking issue. It's like a really big money maker. (laughs) Which would be the one occasion where UC Santa Cruz would actually rank higher than Harvard. There's that. So this is a good month to compare all these food magazines, which is what the blog Eat Me Daily did. Uh, Paula Forbes is an editor there. She slogged through 13 issues, 13 different Thanksgiving issues of food magazines. There's a lot of ideas in there. I asked her which ones she won't be trying at home. Rachel Ray had a recipe for your dog, and it was called the Who You Call in Turkey Patty. <laughs> and then Country Living, what they wanted you to do was print out a full body photograph of each of your guests and paste it onto some tag board and then take a pear and put it on the on the plate and slice into it and then insert the full body picture of all of your guests into these pears. There's grandpa in a pear. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Tell me about some of the best recipes you saw. Country Living had the Lee Brothers, uh, cookbook authors who cover Southern food. Mm-hmm. Their menu was really intriguing. It was a so- sort of sophisticated Southern Thanksgiving. They show you how to make buttermilk cheese. It's like a mm. goat cheese, except for it's made out of buttermilk. And then various toppings. So they had you do it with spiced figs, pickled fennel, and pistachio crust. Wow. Yeah. So that's an appetizer. So And then the whole menu is in that vein of just sort of rustic with the more elegant edge to it. You bring up something which I think people complain a lot about with food magazines, which is who is going to candy figs and make buttermilk cheese? Like, let's be realistic. Right. Better Homes and Gardens had a really nice spread on classic dinner rolls, um, which bread, I think, can be a sort of daunting thing to make. It was laid out with, you know, picture by picture. Here's exactly how you do it. You know, obviously with Thanksgiving issue, turkey, cranberry sauce, these things are going to be recurring. Were there any themes that emerged across the magazines that you found um you know, surprising? Is there some maybe food trend that you picked up? People this year definitely went for the sort of traditional comfort food. Um, In Gourmet, they even had a nostalgia menu. Uh Um, And so I definitely I'm sure they did in Gourmet. They're nostalgic for when they had jobs. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brendan, I actually think that my mom has an idea worthy of one of these magazines. The uh, She's got her own Who You Call in Turkey, Patty? That is the last (laughs) thing that she has. No, instead, for the last few years, instead of getting, like, one turkey everybody carves a piece off of, everybody gets one small Cornish game hen. Oh, that's interesting. Which, uh, they're easier to cook, and they're very delicious, and in my opinion, they appeal to a kind of all-American, greedy individualism. You, you feel like a giant. Yes, this is my bird. I think if you wanted to get across...
across greedy individualism, you could serve a big turkey on the backs of the little Cornish hens. <laughs> or like you could stuff a turkey with the little Cornish hens. They'll be like running out of them. And that's the Dinner Party download for this week. To keep up with us between episodes, please follow us on Twitter. We are Dinner Party DNLD. You can also catch us on the Arts and Culture Show Off-Ramp, hosted by John Raby and Queen Kim. You'll find that at kpcc.org. We leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to play on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. And this one I think you're going to want to play when you get home from the dinner party. You'll see what I mean. Yes, the band is called The XX. The song is called Basic Space. Bon appétit. Just ways to fly Easy to take You could take me in for hours Make me a deal And they are peace Take it all Just stay a week I'll take you in pieces We can take it all apart I've softened shipwrecks Right from the start I've been underwater Breathing out and in I think I'm losing where you end and I begin. Basic space, open air. Don't look away when there's nothing there. I'm setting us in stone, piece by piece, before I'm alone. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, and hello? Uh, it's for you. Oh. Hello? NBC. New daytime show. R- Recopra. No way. <laughs>